Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together we have written over 32 cookbooks, unbelievable, including such fantastic titles as Ham, an obsession with the hindquarter. I love ham. Me too. And speaking of ham, today's episode is all about how to survive your holiday cooking plans, no matter what you're cooking for, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Solstice, Boxing Day. This is a kind of guide, our five best tips to avoiding the disasters in the kitchen. The first disaster is do not cook a ham for Hanukkah. (laughs) That's probably the first disaster you can avoid right there. Um, yeah, that's probably pretty bad. You probably shouldn't make a ham for Hanukkah. I agree with that. Pork loin, sure, but not a ham. Not a ham. Um, the most Christian of all meats, more than bacon, <laughs> is ham. <laughs> and not oysters Rockefeller either, probably for Hanukkah, right? You shouldn't do that so Probably much. not. No cheeseburgers? No, none of that. Okay. Okay. We anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Mark, you know, what, what is the number one way to survive cooking the holidays? So, um, the first one um, that we want to talk about is the number one tip is plan ahead. And this may seem like obvious advice and seems like really bad food writery advice. <laughs> but still, nonetheless, it is the truth of plan ahead. And by plan ahead, I don't mean scope out and rehearse your Christmas dinner. Listen, you know. I see online people rehearse these holiday dinners. They cook them a week, 10 days in advance. If you need to rehearse your holiday dinner, you got to step back and take a good long look at your own life because honestly, you've done too much. So we just mean plan ahead. We mean figure out what you're doing, right? It means figuring out your menu before the day before so you don't panic about it. It means getting your shopping planned out so you're not last minute going, oh, what store do I have to go to? And then you end up going to the store the night before the holiday. Right. Um, It means thinking, do you have enough wine in the house to go with that meal? It's thinking, do you have enough place settings or do you need to go buy stuff or borrow from people? It means thinking about every aspect of the meal ahead of time so that you've planned for it. And it also means looking at the recipes that you're going to cook if you're using recipes and making sure you've read through them so that you know every step. And this way... Once you get going, you can figure out, oh, look, I have to complete steps one through three of this recipe, and then I can take a break. Let's say I got the pie crust rolled out, I got the filling in the pie, and then I can take a break, maybe, and do something else, and then come back and bake that pie 30 minutes later. And by something else, you're not talking about, while the pie's going, you can now make the cranberry sauce. You're actually thinking about, maybe you could do something for yourself, too. Well, true. Maybe I can... No, I was actually thinking about the cranberry sauce, Okay, well, You know, you could also vacuum the house which is not necessarily for yourself. You could take a bath, which is for yourself. Give yourself a manicure. That's always a lovely You thing. could do all of that. But it's really important to plan ahead. I watch Bruce do giant dinner parties, multi-course affairs on a fairly constant basis. And he has really got a plan for everything. And he's making giant, complicated courses. And he knows he can complete this much of this course and then this much of this course. And he's got it. I don't, you know, I've never seen you write it out, but I know that you're following a plan of what you have to do next. No, I don't make lists, but I do know in my head what I have to do. They're mental lists. For instance, Saturday morning, I've got to make the dough, but it's not baking it because that's going to be in the afternoon. Or Friday morning, I have to make the crumble for the top of dessert. And then Saturday evening, I have to build the dessert. So it is all planned out how I'm going to do it in my head. 
So, and I think that's the other point. And there's nothing wrong with writing it all out, right? I mean, no. um, it, it may seem a little draconian or a little uh, 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 too wet, obsessive compulsive, but still, nonetheless, you've got to make a plan well, for this dinner. My problem with writing out lists is that I tend to put things like write out the list on the list so I get to cross <laughs> it off right away. Oh, I'll put point. out the list, wake there's, up, take a shower. And mm, that, my list gets really mm, long, OCD. even though I get to cross lots of stuff off OCD. of it. OCD. So I don't make lists that, okay. just for that reason. So our first tip is plan ahead. Our second tip is what? Mise en place. Oh, Everything in go. its place, which is a place. French Let culinary that, term. Wait, oh, go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. Everyone in chef school first learns. And what it means is everything in its place. As in the South, we say mess in place. Mess in place. So you got to mess in place as you go. Excellent. So, so what, basically what that what means do? is you have your ingredients all out and ready to go. Your cutting board is out. Your knife is out. Some garbage bowls are out. Um, so everything is ready to go. So when you're cooking, you're not rushing over to your spice cabinet to find the jar of dried oregano with the last minute while the onions are burning on the stove because <laughs> you had it already. Everything right. is in its place. Mise en place means you're ready to go. Everything will happen and, as it should. And I want to say that I never cooked with a garbage bowl until I met Bruce. And then I started cooking with garbage bowl because I watched him do it. And it is kind of amazing. I cooked uh, Bruce's birthday a couple of weeks ago and I had a garbage bowl on the counter that I just kept filling up and then dumping out and filling up and dumping out. And this way I wasn't running back and forth to the trash can or right in the middle of cutting an onion, trying to write, scrape off the bad parts of the onion peel from the cutting board and over into the trash can and then come out. It was, it's just much easier to have a garbage bowl that everything, that wrappers go in, onion skins go in, and you throw it out when it's full, If right? you have no idea what we're talking about, it just means keeping a mixing bowl yep. on the counter yep. next to your cutting board to throw your scraps and your garbage in. You know, a Rachel... Poo-bell. Yeah, Poubel. A Poubel. Yeah, well, that's your German thing. No. Swiss. No, I, your French thing is French, your French. I thought it was the first time I saw it was in Switzerland. <laughs> See, if, if I ever put anything... <laughs> garbagey in a little bowl or plate on the table and we're having dinner Mark says you just made a poo bell which That's basically right. means I've turned my date pit into a garbage no, dump it means you made pretty crap poo bell <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so the first the first tip is plan ahead. The second is mise en place, and the third is don't bite off more than you can chew. And I want to say that this tip I'm we're offering you is at our detriment as food writers and food professionals because it is the time of year in which you see 800 things for croquembouche and fancy French pastries. If you have never made shudo, pachu, and uh, a croquembouche before, it is probably not the time to start on Christmas Day, right? It's not the time to start that anytime you're having company. Anytime you're <laughs> now, Christmas just means this sounds that like you have to prepare, rehearse. even extra. Well, it's not rehearsing to practice making difficult things. That's sort of like saying, I'm going to build a house, but the first time I'm going to build one is when I want to live in it. (laughs) Well, that's kind of, you need to work. It's the house that love built. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Simpsons recipe in case, and recipe. That's a Simpsons reference. Are there any Simpsons recipes? Um, There's a book for you. Yeah, maybe there's a book. Um, Yes, uh, I think Bruce is right. You do have to do what you're comfortable doing. And in my family, we, we, we have Christmas with my family um, most years in Texas. And we have a pretty set menu, right? We make a standing rib roast. We make roasted root vegetables. Bruce generally does a fancy dessert. Uh, We 
generally, I generally do some kind of salad for a first course. But you'll notice that none of that, except for Bruce's fancy French dessert at the end, none of that is over the top. It's all pretty standard. We all know what to do. You shove the roast beef into the oven. You shove the root vegetables into the oven. You know, I dress out a salad on the counter, and, I mean, plates, and we're kind of done, right? Well, when Mark says don't bite off more than you can chew, for me in that instance, it means trying to make something that, you know, I'm in someone else's house. I'm not in my own kitchen. So if I choose to make something where I don't have the proper equipment, that I don't have everything I need, that's biting off more than I could chew there. If you don't know how to make a certain kind of thing, then choosing to do it for company, especially for the holidays, is biting off more than you could chew. I I saw a magazine article. This was actually last year. It's not this year. But I saw a magazine article about, oh, the wonder of getting up on Christmas morning morning and making croissants from scratch. And listen, that is the most insane thing I have ever heard. The last thing you want to do is get up at 4 a.m. and laminate dough and, you know, go for the three-hour process it takes to make a croissant. That's crazy because really the point, this is the thing. If you're spending too much time in the kitchen for Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Solstice, Boxing Day, or New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, if you're spending too much time in the kitchen, you are doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong because those days are the days to be with your friends and family, right? It is. And then I'm the first one to say I love to feed people and I love to feed my friends and family and I want to impress them with what I'm making. But I do not want to get up at four in the morning to get it done. There are ways to, look, if you really want to serve your own croissants, you can laminate your dough a week before and put it in the freezer Uh, and then thaw it. You could probably even roll it into croissants and freeze it. Now, I'm not exactly sure. I think that can happen because you could buy frozen croissant dough. So I can't imagine doing it yourself wouldn't work. We're saying this, but we've never tried it. I'm not going to do that. The truth is, despite all the food writers' love of stolen and croquembouche and croissants and whatever, listen, don't bite off more you can chew. And what is the fourth tip for us? Oh, that is one very near and dear to my heart. It is buy rather than stress. That's right. If there is something on the menu that you can buy, and listen, you heard it from professional cookbook writers first. If there is something that you can buy that will alleviate your stress, by all means, buy it. What the leaps to my from my mind is dinner rolls. Sure, or uh, croissant for breakfast. <laughs> or the famous <laughs> croissants for breakfast, right. Don't don't add something to your list of cooking tasks that is going to completely stress you out when you could buy that thing and it will be either just as good or something that no one's going to know the difference. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, the the difference, sure, of course your homemade Parker House rolls are going to be infinitely superior to the Parker House rolls you buy at the bakery at the supermarket. Okay, fine. But you know what's not going to be worth it? It's not going to be worth it at how stressed you are, how tired you are at dinner. It's not worth it. So what? So the rolls aren't perfect. I can't believe as a food professional I'm saying this. But so what? So the rolls aren't perfect. But hey, Mark just said you can go get them at a bakery or a supermarket. The ones you get at a bakery are going to be superior to the ones at a supermarket. So if you're not going to make them, just make the extra trip. Go 10 minutes extra to go to a bakery. You'll have something far superior than you get at the supermarket, and everyone's going to love it. And no one is going to say anything because, first of all, you made a magnificent 
feast with other dishes. Right. And secondly, you don't need to tell anyone. And if you – you probably can't do this if you're serving meat for a Hanukkah meal, but for any other meal on the list, if if, if dessert is going to stress you out, you know what? Everyone at your table, I'll bet you 10 bucks, will be thrilled with all kinds of great ice creams and toppings. You buy a bunch of ice cream toppings and ice creams. People are going to think that's the best dessert they've ever had. And if, if the pie or the cake is stressing you out – just, just do ice cream. Just punt to ice cream. We and do that toppings. often, but we go to a really good ice cream place we yeah. like. We buy their best ice cream, and we feel really good about serving this to friends rather than my really stressing out over making yet another dish. Okay, so to go back down the list plan ahead, mise en place, don't bite off more than you chew, buy rather than stress. And the final one is drink only after you've finished cooking. <laughs> I'm going to modify that just slightly. Drink only after you're almost finished cooking. How's that? It's just so that you can have a sip of something. For me, it would be bourbon. So you can have a sip of bourbon, uh, you know, just as you shove everything in the oven. But why is this, Bruce? Well, first of all, let's talk about what time you start cooking. <laughs> if you start cooking at 6 in the morning, you're almost done at 1030. Well, you could drink if you want. I saw an advertisement for gin the other day that said it's almost 10 o'clock somewhere in the world, 10 a.m. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. Now, the reason you don't want to drink while you're cooking yes. is, first and foremost, is safety. You're working with knives, sharp blades, you're working yep. with food processors, yep. mandolins, sharp equipment, a hot yep. stove, open flames, yep. hot burners. Yep. You are very likely, if you are intoxicated, to hurt yourself. Yep. So that is the number one thing. And two, you'll blow your plan. Because you won't remember it. Remember you planned ahead on the right. first most important thing? <laughs> I should say that I cooked a big Greek taverna dinner with multiple courses for Bruce's uh, birthday a few weeks ago. And I was very abstemious. We were serving champagne. And I was very abstemious with the champagne until I got the second course on the table, which was the second of three courses. And when that second course went down and the dessert was already made and in the kitchen, I have to say that I just let her rip at that point because I didn't care anymore. But I was careful because I just wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing when I plated that second course and brought it all out to the table. It's really important. Even if you're doing family-style dinner and you're not plating like we do in the kitchen, you just want to make sure that, again, we get over by safety. You don't trip on the yeah. way to the table and yeah. drop that platter of yeah. turkey. Um, if you're carving at the table, that's also a safety issue. But you'd also want to stick to that plan. If you have too much to drink ahead, you might be done with dinner and go, Oh, we never put the cranberry sauce out. Oh, God, out. how many times have we done that, yeah. actually? Uh, because we were drinking too much. So those were our, our little rules for surviving the holiday cooking pants. One, plan ahead. Two, mise en place or get everything ready to cook so that it's all out and seeable by you. Three, don't bite off more than you can chew. Four, which is similar, buy something rather than stress Oh, I'm all things. for that. I'm all for that one. And five, pour yourself something to drink when you're almost done, or if you're Bruce, when you're done cooking. If you have any other tips or rules that you follow that help you get through the holidays, we'd love to hear about it. Um, you can reach out to us via email through our website, bruceandmark.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can message us there. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go for your social media. We are there. And instead of just listening to us, you can actually watch videos of our cooking, Magic Hand videos, without us actually in it, but with certainly Bruce's hands in them, on our YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. So subscribe to the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, so you don't miss an episode. And give us a five-star rating if you like it, because boy, does that help. And we'll see you next time on the podcast.